0: Hey there, this is Mike, and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. Back when my children were young, they loved going to the Children's Museum in our city. My favorite part was this water feature. It was uh, four feet by eight feet, maybe a a little longer, and water flowed from one end to the other. It flowed from the higher end to the lower end and it just recycled and kept going around and around. There were little slots throughout the whole thing, and you could take little plastic pieces, little flat pieces, and slide them into the slots to redirect the flow of the water. My kids and I uh, would love playing with that one. I think I enjoyed it more than they did. We'd experiment with creating winding canals and then put all the water into one or two canals and cause uh, or make rapids. And we'd race toy boats through those little canals that we made. The water was always flowing. It was up to us to direct it where we wanted it to go. And I think that's a perfect representation of our inner conversations. I know I've used that same example, that children's museum uh, interactive display in another podcast, but I just love it. <laughs> we're always uh, flowing. Our inner conversations are always going, never stopping, just like that water. We're always going on about something in our minds, and it's up to us individually to direct our inner talk from our fulfilled desires rather than perpetuating the same old state that we're trying to abandon, In mental diets, Neville says, talking to oneself is a habit everyone indulges in. We could no more stop talking to ourselves than we could stop eating and drinking. All that we can do is control the nature and the direction of our inner conversations. Most of us are totally unaware of the fact that our inner conversations are the causes of the circumstances of our life. Our inner talking is always going on, and not just when we're sitting down for a session. It's not something, uh, part of a regimen that we follow. You know, I've read comments before in Facebook groups. One in particular, this man said that, I do three sessions a day and I do my mental diet twice a day. Your mental diet, you're always consuming. You're always devouring something so what are you feeding yourself? That's the same thing as inner conversations. And another way to say, what are you imagining all the time? I used to be so focused on the one or two, sometimes a dozen (laughs) sessions I would do daily, so focused on them that I really didn't pay attention to my inner conversation. Most of the time, My thoughts, reactions, feelings, everything going on in my mind were running all willy-nilly without me even realizing it. Especially when I'm doing something on autopilot like washing the dishes, folding laundry, or driving. Oh, and mowing the grass. I noticed one hot summer day uh, a couple of summers ago how worn out I was while mowing. I could hardly push the mower any longer. It had nothing to do with the lawn or the mower, but with my inner chatter. I was so lost in thought about all the wrong ways things could turn out for me and my family that it was showing up right then and there in my body, which, as Neville says, is an emotional filter. My body is an emergency alert system. You know, that's where I get the warning first it perfectly reflects my mental conversations. I'm not talking about just these imaginal conversations with people, like if I imagine telling off my boss in my mind or planning what I'm going to have to say or do to convince uh, the mortgage company to give me another month to catch up. I'm talking about everything running around in my mind all the time. My nature, my state, like Neville says in the talk, control your inner conversations. In Ephesians, we are told, put off the old nature, which belongs to the former conversations, and put on the new nature. The new nature is sometimes translated the new man, and the old nature, the old man. Well, if I equate the old nature with former conversations, I must equate the new man with new conversations. So he identifies the inner speech with man's nature. So now what am I actually doing on the inside of myself? And I'm doing it morning, noon, and night. I can't stop it. If I stop for one moment, it isn't. You can't stop it. You take into your dreams, and you are still talking you are really talking at all moments of time so what are you saying at every moment of time watch it be careful what you are saying because your whole vast world is this inner conversation pushed out and you can change it only by changing the conversation because the conversation is equated with your nature it's the inner speech that is frozen in the world round about us. This whole vast world is but frozen inner speech. Mm. I love that whole quote, but that one sentence especially, be careful what you are saying because your whole vast world is this inner conversation pushed out. You can't blame another. So you're not sure what your inner conversation is? Well, take a look at your world, your circumstances of your life, the things you're proud of and the things you're not so proud of. All are results of your nature, your state. And your inner conversations will tell you the state you're in if you decide to start becoming aware of them. Make a decision today to start paying attention to that inner conversation. In that same lecture, Neville says, if one could only control these inner conversations morning, noon, and night, and carry them right into the dream world, he would know what world he is creating. Stop for one moment and ask yourself, what am I thinking now? You are carrying on a little tiny inner speech at every moment of time. You may be in the presence of someone that the world thinks important, but you don't and inwardly you're saying, but God only hears that. That's what you're actually saying. Outwardly, you are pleased to meet him and you're flattered with the contact, but inwardly, what are you saying? This is what I ask everyone to observe. Observe what you are actually doing on the inside, for that is what God sees. And what you are doing on the inside, you are doing in little tiny speech movements and they are crystallizing in the manifested world round about you. If you grew up in church, I'm sure you've heard this verse before. It's Galatians 6-7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Don't fool yourself. It doesn't matter what you say on the outside, because God, your I amness, your awareness of being cannot be mocked. You will always reap what you sow. Back in the early 80s when I was in middle school learning how to write in uh, basic, the basic computer language, my teacher drilled into our heads, garbage in, garbage out. It's the same thing. You have garbage, you're devouring garbage. Your inner conversation is all about Bitterness and hate and resentment and jealousy and desperation. Well, that's what you're going to get on the outside. You're always sowing and always reaping. It doesn't matter what lip service you give someone or faking it until you make it. I see it, and I'm not, I'm certainly not innocent of this. I've done this plenty of times, but I see it. I talk to people. I see their comments in groups. They'll post something on Facebook and everything's hunky-dory and peaches and cream. Everything's perfect. But then that same day, I'm having a conversation with them privately about how everything has just gone crazy in their life. That's faking it until they make it. They're putting things on the outside, I guess thinking that if they say it enough, it'll change what's going on within them. But the change always has to come from within you. Back when I was a teenager, we went to a church, uh, one of those full gospel churches. It was really big, you know, name it and claim it, abundance-oriented type churches that sprang up in the late 70s and 80s. It was all about name what you want and claim it rebuke and bind the devil and then claim what you want in the name of jesus i knew many people there at that church that thought that faking it until they made it was the way to do it i would say hi to them as i walked in the door and they'd ask how are you doing mike and i'd say i'm good how about you and they'd say the same reply always the same reply oh i'm blessed i'm blessed i'm blessed and I could really, I could see the the lie in their eyes. I could tell they they didn't believe what they were saying. I'm sure you know, everybody knows someone <laughs> that no matter what, you know, every time you see them, it's always, oh, I'm blessed. Oh, I'm blessed, brother. Years would pass. And these people, they I, I would still get the same reply from them. I'm blessed, Mike but I never saw one change in their circumstances, always brokenhearted and broke. I'm not judging them at all. I'm identifying the state. I was in that state. I wouldn't go around saying I'm blessed because even back then I thought that was silly. That just sounded too hokey for me. Hashtag blessed. But I was nowhere near where I wanted to be. Back then, decades ago, I didn't understand that the change must come and can only come from within me it will never come if i'm hoping god sees how much i'm putting into the offering basket and maybe he'll decide that i finally deserve a better life maybe he'll see how many times i've gone to the altar to you know get saved and then get saved again after i backslid and then get saved again surely there's a point where god will think i deserve something better It would be so cool if I could tell you that I've mastered my inner conversations, that I'm in complete control of them 24-7. But if I said it, I don't think you would believe me. And if I ever do insist that I am the master at it, just unsubscribe to me because I'm full of BS. (laughs) Even Neville said over and over in his later lectures near the end of his life, he said how even he wasn't in complete mastery or had complete mastery of his inner conversations. So don't worry if you're you're still noticing your thoughts are running amok. Celebrate that you noticed. That's the key right there, being aware of it. And noticing it means you're not in it. You're not stuck in it at that moment. You've broken away from it and you observe it. You notice it. You're aware of it but you're not it. You're not the problem. You're not those thoughts. You're the awareness. You're the being aware of those things. Now, what I'm talking about, inner conversations, I'm not meaning anything separate or different than living in the end. My inner conversations, what I'm imagining, will always show me the state I'm in. And if I observe my inner conversations, uncritically, I'm not gonna beat myself up, I used to, if I observe them uncritically, which is what I was just talking about, being aware of them, noticing them, I can see what state I'm in. For example, if I'm living in the end of my home being completely rebuilt and beautiful, I cannot at the same time be entertaining inner conversations of frustration and worry about the speed of the rebuild. I can't do both. So when I notice thoughts along those lines, little inner dialogue, I change it right then, I break it. I get back into the state of my wish fulfilled. And I've talked about that many times. In that moment, usually I can pinpoint what got me, You know what I reacted to that got me out of the state. So right then when I notice it, I just revise that moment. Revise it any way I'd like to and get back into the state of my wish fulfilled. This works for anything. The law works the same for anything. Neville goes on to say, others can find it easy to know what to do, but difficult to do it. I've seen it time and time again. I would say to them, do you not know what you're doing to yourself? Yes, but just give me one little moment because I'm so enjoying the feeling of getting even with them. You get even with no one. There is no one else in the world. Ah, there is no other for me to be angry with. There's nothing but God, and anyone that I might want to blame or tear into is only reflecting my state of consciousness. So redirect your inner conversation into the state of your wish fulfilled. Decide right now to start asking yourself throughout the day, What am I thinking right now? Jill Noel, she's the self-awareness specialist on Instagram, says she set an alarm as a reminder to check in on what she was thinking and feeling throughout the day. The more you do it, the easier it gets, and then this becomes habitual. You'll have no problem noticing what you're imagining, noticing your inner conversation. And when you notice what's going on and you don't like it, move into a state of your choosing, a state where that thing you don't like is no longer a problem or just doesn't exist any longer. Once I committed to checking in on my state, checking in on my inner conversation, and I'd notice I was thinking something that I don't want to express in life, I would stop right there. And I'd have this little conversation with myself. I would say, well, that's one way this could all go. How about this instead? Or how else could this go? How do we want this to go? And I'd play it out in my imagination, my desired outcome. As I let the new outcome grow in my mind, a little scene might come up automatically. It usually does sometimes or quite often, several possible scenes come up. Images, things related to that wish's fulfillment. And among those, the perfect scene for me at the moment will show up. It's like uh, I never was a very good golfer, and most of my swings were, oh, they were bad. Most of them misses. I'm not sure how, but I could always make the golf ball go directly behind me once I hit it. <laughs> But every now and then, I would hit the ball off the tee perfectly and it felt just right. I'd hit it on the sweet spot and oh my God, I knew, I knew it was going to soar. And the same way when all of the, these images come up, these little scenes, when I'm imagining my wishes fulfillment, in that cascade of images, one little scene will feel just right for me in the moment, the sweet spot. So I grab it, I use that scene and I step into it and I feel the reality of my wish fulfilled. I feel the reality, that new outcome and the satisfaction of this new reality. If you're looking to anyone outside of you for healing, mental or physical, emotional or salvation, anything, You have a false God. I can never be your healer or your savior, and neither can some teacher or guru or coach. The good ones will always point you in the direction of your own imagination. Tell you to turn within. Your imagination, the state of your wish fulfilled is your savior. If you're broke, money Financial well-being is your savior. If you're heartbroken, love, a loving relationship may be your savior, if that's your desire. If you've moved into a state of loving relationship, but notice your inner talk is always focused on things like, why haven't they replied to my text? Why won't they give me the attention I give them? You know what I mean. Things like that. I can tell you, if that's what's going on, you're not living in the end. This reminds me of a question from someone recently. If you think that your happiness depends on someone else's presence or their attention, you've created a false god out of that person. And one of the most repellent things in a relationship or a potential relationship between two people is a state of unbridled neediness. That is a big turnoff. And as long as you're in that needy state, you are going to be frustrated in relationships and frustrated in a number of ways. And until you start getting that inner conversation under control and remaining in the state of your wish fulfilled, living in the end, you will continue having this frustration. If I notice conflict within myself, I know to check in on my state. What end am I living in right now? What am I thinking and feeling right now? My inner conversation at the time might be about a particular specific wish, or it might be just a general feeling about life. (laughs) It doesn't matter what it is. If it isn't what I want to continue pushing out, to continue expressing, then I change it right then. This reminds me of another question from someone else Uh, they posted on my YouTube channel. It was about conflicting desires and another question from someone else about having too many desires. Look, if I had to convey my desires to some being or force outside of me, then yes, I could see how desires might conflict, might get mixed up or miscommunicated. I recently heard a New Thought or Manifesting teacher say that we should only work on one desire at a time. He said, the universe will not respond if we throw too many desires at it. He's wrong. I'm not judging the man, he's coming from a state. It's just a state and that's what he sees from that state. I imagined hearing him say something different though, after I listened to him, and then turned off the video. <laughs> my very own awareness of being is God. I already know what I want, and so does God, because God is my awareness of being. I don't need to communicate it to something. I don't need to send out anything to the universe. It is all within me, in consciousness. Conflict comes up within me when i'm focused on the means on a couple of the possible means and not the actual end when i'm reacting to and judging events that are on a bridge of incident for me that's when the conflict comes up because i'm focused on things that are just bringing me to my wishes fulfillment because after i assume the feeling after i decide it's done, I know from that moment on, everything that happens, even events that one might swear cannot possibly be connected to my wishes fulfillment, I know that they are. And if I start speculating and wondering, is this part of a bridge or did I screw up somewhere? Or am I in conflict with another d- desire that I'm not in the state of my wish fulfilled? I'm not living in the end. You might have several you know, so-called big wishes, and some event happens in your life, and you think, well, this is most likely part of the bridge of incident for this wish, but if this actually comes about, then it's going to screw up my other wish. I know, I used to think like that, or I should say I used to overthink like that. You cannot hit a maximum limit on wishes. (laughs) Our whole human experience is desire-driven. And all of your desires are yours if you just take the worrying focus off the means and remain in the end, living from, thinking from, imagining, and desiring from the end. I love you. I'm feeling twisty.